everyone. Welcome to the podcast. Uh, on today's episode, I'm chatting with Caroline Keane. Caroline is a visual artist based here in Leash, and for the last few years, she's been facilitating a lot of workshops for adults and children in the Dunhamace Arts Centre. So we chat about that, and we also chat about her studio practice as well. Now, Caroline doesn't have a website up and running at the minute, uh, displaying her work from her studio practice. So she sent me on some images, and we chat about them unfortunately without uh any visual representation for you the listener but uh when caroline does get her website up and running i'll give it a shout out here in the podcast and you can visit it then so until then i hope you enjoy the podcast and i'll be back at the end yeah we're going there now so uh welcome to the podcast caroline and thanks a million for taking the time to chat with me tonight uh just to start off if you wanted to introduce yourself and tell us about your background and how you got started working in art Okay, cool. So thank you very much, Pat. A privilege to be invited to your podcast. And also a big thank you to Heritage House and Abeliks. Um, yeah, okay, my background. So yeah, that's, that's a big question. Um, so yeah, Caroline Keane is my name. I am born in, born in Leash and my practice is here. So I guess um, where to start? So I always loved art and did a uh, like a kid always into all the arts actually really kind of drawing and theater and all those kind of things we weren't a very arty household if that makes sense like I didn't really go to galleries or anything like that but I always loved art and film and did it in secondary school wasn't really sure what I wanted to do like most people and but my sister actually was in studying in Limerick in UL at the time and she was saying for a work experience she was like why don't you try and see if you can go to one of the art colleges because she knew I liked art and I, I don't know if this is the same for you Pat but when I was like 14 or like 15 I didn't realize there was like such a thing as art college because like no I didn't know anyone that went went to art college Um, I don't know did you around that no no yeah. I, was, I was the same as yourself I didn't actually know that that yeah I didn't know that that was a thing and um, I thought you had to actually be like um like Leonardo da Vinci I thought you had to like go and like like train like a trade and you had to be like really good when you were like really young um before you could even kind of go to anywhere like that and um, I soon learned uh, soon learned different so yeah so I said to my TY coordinator and she was like oh that's a great idea blah 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 so um oh I also must say apologies if I'm rambling stop me and I apologize to any <laughs> if I curse so yeah please forgive me but yeah so got in contact with uh Limerick uh LSAD Limerick School of Art and Design and the lovely Terry who was head of first year and they were so accommodating like I couldn't believe like just even getting back to me and everything so yeah off I popped I was down there for like a week and a half and went into art college terrified and there was a lady called Gemma now she wasn't there I later studied there and but when I was there I used to ask questions about her and she apparently was supposed to be very tough tough but fair but yeah, so I just was brought into a first year classroom. She sat me down and Terry gave me an object, uh, like a kind of a, it was like a butterfly, but it was dead. It's like a taxidermied butterfly. I don't know if that's a thing. But um, you know that period, Pat, where you're in college and they're, you can't, I don't know if they, actually, I don't think they do it anymore, but you get like an object, a mechanical or a natural object, and you have to live with it for so many like weeks and you have to draw yeah. it like a million different ways or whatever try and transfer it onto paper in whichever way you can and um, so that's what they were doing so yeah she just sat me down and was like draw I was like okay <laughs> um, so yeah it was scary but it was brilliant because I literally got to see exactly 
what it would be like to go to art college and pursue art and I always remember they were so lovely like everyone was so nice in the college and um, yes I was there for about a week and a half and I was like oh I like this like I attended all the lectures like it was really cool insight so actually a tip if anyone's ever listening or if any parents are listening and their kid is not sure what they want to do is if they can go to a college whether it's business or whatever go to the lectures because it was it was just brilliant like because you just get to see exactly what it was like um yeah so then I came back and I was like didn't believe in certain all that and um went to Ableeks because I was I I always say brilliant kudos to people who are able to do their leaving cert and do a portfolio at the same time um I don't know how they manage it it's amazing so I went and applied to Ableeks and they were great um it was just exactly like like this experience in Limerick you know you kind of um get immersed in a bubble of art and kind of get to do loads of different activities and work with loads of different mediums and Edel and Jock and Jackie they're great and you know yourself like uh, Paddy was saying in your previous episode um, going out to Florence like is amazing and they have they're a barrel of knowledge and you get to see the frescoes and everything it was just a really good experience and yeah so then I did my portfolio and I chose to go back to Limerick I like the fact that they both had a design section and a fine art section and then I ended up um, specialising in sculpture and combined me- media I initially thought I was going to do painting, but um, I was kind of convinced to go into sculpture because it kind of was this big sphere of you could do anything. So you could paint and sculpture, you could do loads of different mediums and, and see loads. And it was just this big bubble of like everything. It was just fantastic. So, yeah, went into sculpture and um, I guess like all throughout college, my practice and my work really am i going on too far pat sorry no 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 you're going to work away carly no <laughs> um, I just, I just keep rolling um yes yeah, so i sculpture and i suppose i'll tell you a bit about my practice then which is fairly similar um today so um all through college and um, my practice and my work explored how kind of we portray emotion and the process of emotional expression and um, from all kinds of perspectives I liked investigating um, our own relationship to emotions and, and how we reveal them. So I concentrated mostly on the process of kind of grief and loss. Um, there's such a complexity and a, a multifaceted nature to emotions of grief. Grief, excuse me, grief. <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, kind of th- there's such dark elements and layers to a process of losing someone and then there's such like bright lightness to it as well. So it really fascinated me in kind of the rituals as well that kind of are held around, particularly in Ireland, about um, the process of grief. So my work kind of, I suppose, really all through the four years explored behavioural displays of mourning, um, which, of course, you know, are culturally defined, I suppose, and kind of exploring how the role of heritage plays in the process of grief and mourning and all the vibrant ways that... Um, grief is expressed and particularly in Ireland like I used to love researching um different rituals associated with wakes and like I love that you can go to a, a funeral here Pat or maybe two and you could be in the same parish and both funerals could be completely different like you know from keening to like grave diggers you know Ireland is such a rich country with so many kind of rituals and kind of processes for things and I suppose similar to kind of your work like I think we talked about this before with you know myths and legends and superstitions there's kind of a fear that you know you don't want to are we losing that do you know that 
it's kind of almost slightly dying um, away a little bit. So it always fascinated me, the whole process of, of grief and mourning, particularly in Ireland. So I guess, um, simply put, my work kind of just really captured invisibility of emotion and particularly in grief and kind of finding a way to make that more visible and whether that was simply as a portrait or an installation like I have a a, before COVID hit I kind of had a a project idea where I would actually go around and start talking to as many different funeral directors in Ireland as I could and kind of use that as a catalyst for making artwork so um yes that's pretty much kind of what my practice was really like I suppose near the end of fourth year I kind of changed direction slightly and I just started working with a new material so all through fourth all through um sorry my college years like I always experimented with paint drawing like sculpture forms like casting and installation work video and kind of always depended what area or subject I was going with Um, and particularly like it's like I was saying, like a subject like grief is so multifaceted, like trying to capture the beauty and despair is like, you know, offer so many options. Um, but near the end of fourth year, I found that I kind of was like, wanted to try and uh, kind of expand out a little bit and kind of before I left, kind of make the use of everything that this time that you had and the materials at hand and try and come out my comfort zone a little bit and just try something new while you know yourself you have the opportunity like they all say to you when you're there like make as much as you can and use the time as best you can because you'll never get to do it again so I got really interested in um rubbish I was like oh, I like this material um, <laughs> so god help god, shout out to my roommate Katie O'Reilly I used to collect our rubbish that we consumed during the year so she was an absolute trooper um, and <laughs> yeah so I got really interested in rubbish and trying to transform this material and trying to use it for something else. So I literally would be collecting rubbish and grinding it down and pulping it into like pulp and making it into paper and, and using it for like molds and casting it in different forms. I was making bricks at one point. So I really liked the challenge of using new material and trying to transform its purpose and its use. And it was actually gas. When I kind of look back on it now, a lot of my stuff then was just kind of very abstract. And I was, again kind of just trying to make something that was invisible really visible you know because I was making like really big pieces and just using the material in a different way and kind of trying to make it unrecognizable that like you know the can and the piece of paper and the potato packet suddenly became this like malleable object and um, when I look back on it it's funny although I think I was thought I was kind of going in a different direction the subject still kind of connected because in one way rubbish doesn't really discriminate in the sense that everyone produces it like no matter what part of the planet you're in and the same then with ideas of emotion and grief and loss it will affect somebody in some way and there is kind of a transformative element and to the two of them so I started then kind of combining the two and using the rubbish to kind of cast canvases and and palettes and making more emotive work then on those canvases and really using the material in in a different sense um which yes so it's still kind of all about again making them more invisible more visible and kind of revealing and um, highlighting and that kind of thing and so yeah I had kind of a very diverse experience I guess in 
in sculpture in Limerick and like I was saying to you before it was very tough like there it's a very tough department and I think you know it really stands to people that go through it because when you're in a department that's mixed media that are doing like you know paintings traditional sculptures drawing you know working with textiles and then performance art and they really instill in you it's you know it's important to know your medium and to know the history about it so you know that when you are out in the art world you know you know working with your material and and uh, showing your work that you know that you really level up and that you can stand by it and you know you are here and you're you're learning skills like you know this you're you're really training yourself because sometimes like I don't know about you Pat but if people go like oh but you're creative like you know you're well able to do it um you know there's a lot of work that uh definitely goes behind all of that so yeah it was a it was a great department to be in and I really loved it and being in the fine arts um, it was great you could collaborate with like print and painting and I don't know was it like that in Galway for you that you you know slipped in between the two departments uh no not really okay, I was I was just saying to Aidan there uh during the week when we were recording this episode I saw one or two students getting told off in paint for doing things that were 3D or slightly more 3D like uh-huh. okay Maybe this was in my own head, but I definitely felt like, and don't don't get me wrong, I loved GMIT to bits, um, but I felt like there was a sort of a weird, friendly rivalry b- between sculpture and paint departments, like you know. So oh, very good, and that's like what I was kind of saying to Aidan as well during the week, like, and you mentioned yourself, Caroline, like as well about like the broadness of what materials and media you can use in sculpture. I would not have survived in sculpture. Like I just, I needed the focus of yeah. paint, you know? Yeah. And that, and that, that sometimes, yeah, as much as it is a blessing, it de- it definitely can be a burden. And actually now that you say it, I don't know if much of our, no, I know our, our paint department definitely went into 3D, but I think it's easier from a sculpture department to do all the other elements than it is maybe for a print department and the, the painting department um, to do vice versa, you know? Um, but yeah, no, there is the vastness of it is is can be overwhelming. But um, I always find it really exciting because uh, yeah. So when people ask me like when I say like I'm an artist, they're like, oh, "Are you a painter?" Or like it's really hard. I don't know what to say because like I do all little bit of everything. Um, but yeah, which always means it's it's exciting kind of in in my head. But um, yeah, so that kind of is is mostly like what my practice is now. And with the when I finished art college, and I kind of was had done really large scale pieces and I actually ended up having it was great kind of skill to have because I ended up doing a lot of um uh, festival work and outdoor sculptures so when I finished um art college I came home and I didn't have a plan I don't know did you have a plan Pat um no I I don't think so I remember the day I it was either the day I finished college or the day we got our results and I think six or seven of us all just piled on down to the doll office like <laughs> and there's no, just no remember, stereotypes here no no like it was, it was great I remember just going into like the little booth like that I'd me interview in or whatever and uh my friend was in the booth beside me but I could hear him through like the partition and just when he was asked straight how was he looking for work he was just like no oh. <laughs> you know but at that stage we're only finished but like no there was definitely no plan like at that point it was it's a, it's a funny try. kind of time, isn't it? Like you kind of come out and you kind of go, oh, okay, what's the next step? And um, yeah, yeah I, I didn't really want to go into teaching. And actually we were one of the last years that you could actually do a dip 
in a year and then they were they they now have it as two years um because they wanted to kind of slow down the flow of people kind of coming out into the sector um so I wasn't I I kind of thought actually originally that was my plan I said oh I'd do that because that'd be you know a clever thing to do um kind of a backup but um when it came to it, I kind of really didn't have enough uh, interest in it at the time and um, so I said okay I'll, I'll wait a while and um, so yeah I came home and was working different jobs and then I got an email from Ormston House in Limerick, um, the gallery space, and I had gotten nominated for graduate of the year from Class. our uh, department, you know, so they kind of nominated a few different departments. And so that kind of was like, OK, maybe, OK, that was kind of like the petrol to kind of, OK, let's go, let's go for this. And um, so I didn't have a studio space and they come down, they wanted a curator to come down and, and view your work in your space. So. Luckily at the time, um, the Art House had op- been opened about three years in Strabley. Um, so I got in contact with the Arts Office and met them and had a chat with them and kind of told them where I was at and did they have any space available and did it suit, etc. And I went down and was very lucky there that artists were actually coming out of a long re- long-term residency and there was spaces available. So I, uh, yeah, started going down there. I think I'm going to sneeze, Pat, sorry. No, you're grand. <laughs> No, it's not a sneeze. Excuse me. And uh, <laughs> no COVID. Um, so yeah, so we went down. Uh, yeah, so I started um set up a studio space then in Strabley. And that was really nice because it's very different kind of being in a bubble in a city and then coming home to kind of more rural area. So you got to meet different artists there and that were a little bit older and kind of a little bit more experienced. They were to offer advice. And it was just kind of yeah it was just kind of nice to have your own space it was actually really surreal because in the department of Limerick it's an open studio and they used to tell us it would prepare us for the real world in case you had to share spaces and it was so strange then just having my own space and the quiet like it took so long to get used to and I was so I wasn't used to it I was always used to the noise and so yeah so there we um I was working and doing bits and I didn't get them I didn't win the overall um uh, kind of award which was no problem but because uh, it was just it was a great it was just a great boost you know because it kind of puts you in the right direction and um, so I was working away in, in Strabley and I kind of just get to to know different people and they offered me to do some workshops with kids which I hadn't done I'd only ever really done bits with adults so that was really interesting and a great opportunity to kind of see if I liked that and it's really funny how it works in rural areas it's like the word of mouth is really powerful because all of a sudden then I found like a library was getting in touch with me being like, oh, we hear you kind of do work with, with rubbish. Would you be interested in coming to the library and doing something with us? And so it was really great. Like it was um, really exciting. So I was getting to try out all different things and work with like all different ages. And um, so then I kind of found after a while, I don't know if this is for you, uh, like you, uh, you felt this path, but I find it quite hard to continuously make art and not have a steady kind of income coming in. I found what I started to do was churn out artwork or kind of play to the gallery a little bit and like, oh, people wanted some prints, so I'd make a few of them. Um, and I kind of didn't have a great love for it, but it kind of made sense that people wanted to buy them. So I kind of really liked... Um, the idea of maybe oh I might do some like workshops or something because I thought that was a really it was really I really enjoyed it so I went to I noticed that there wasn't many regular art classes in Port Leash at the time so I went to um the Dunamays and I set up a meeting with Michelle 
and um, I went in and I just told her, I was like, I'm interested about doing workshops, like what you think? And, you know, the team were great. They're really accommodating. They were like, yep, yeah, we'll try and help you whatever way we can and use the space and everything. And actually that reminds me um, a lot of the time and it's such an, it's a very Irish thing. Um, even still to this day when I'm doing like art classes in there, people will still go to me. And how did you get in here? Like, how did you, you know? And, um, and it just shows, you know, there is a kind of a little bit of a lack of knowledge, I suppose, about how these kind of stages work. Like, you know, what's the purpose of an art uh, centre and things like that? And it's like, no, I, I just came in, you know, the art centres are there to serve their artists um, and help them connect to communities. And so I went in and made an appointment and, you know, they were brilliant and still to this day are brilliant. Um, and they they do so much with such a small team. So shout out to the Johnny Mays. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, no, so it was great. So we did a little test run and like, you know, I did tell her that like, you know, this was a very kind of trial and error because I was very conscious when I started doing something like that. I didn't want the classes to be really prescriptive. Like I didn't want to come in and be like, this is how we paint the sun and um, step by step, you know, I wanted to be organic. I wanted to be really true to like how an art practice could be. But obviously like people do want to know skills and, and basic terms, obviously, and, and techniques. Um, so we did a course, I think of 12 weeks, if I'm, I can't remember. We did a trial anyway, and we did like a kind of long stint of um, beginner art lessons. We did like three three a day. And yeah, it was really, it worked out really, really well. And there was a great bite. And I spent ages kind of, that was my trial and error, trying to figure out what way I wanted to, the art classes to feel and be like. And um, actually, Jenny Donnery, um, who is another fellow leash artist, was in one of my first classes. And she was so oh, really? wonderful. She texted me being like, on the first day she was like I enjoyed that immensely and I was like well that's brilliant if as long as one person enjoyed it like it doesn't matter how the rest goes but uh yeah she was so wonderful and um, yeah so after that then I kind of curated them a little bit more so it's really important for me when I'm facilitating that um everyone kind of gets a true idea of what it is to kind of be creative and work in a creative manner so that they're not just copying me and everyone's kind of sheet or painting is the same and um, sometimes um I don't know do you find this path that if you do certain workshops and they kind of want you to just fix it or or do it for them yeah occasionally and sometimes like, yeah I, I I don't the one thing I don't want to do when I'm doing a workshop is like can I have to take the pencil or the brush out of hand like I don't want to do that like even if they want if that's what they want I'd rather yeah you want to of fighting to find it themselves and yeah because yeah. you don't want to take it off yeah i understand yeah yeah and like it's just even adults like you don't want to say no that's wrong or do you know you can like yeah. well you know if you try this or that but like you don't and it's just like it's kind of like when they um like hold the brush or the pencil out here to take it off and to do it for them it's like no 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 stay going <laughs> you yeah. know like yeah you know there's, there's so much learning in the mistakes as well and I actually I try I, I, I'm i like yourself now I try not to take the brush or anything sometimes it is helpful but I just remember when I was a kid like if the teacher took the pen or did anything like I die a thousand deaths like I'd be like don't touch them like that's mine you know yeah. um but yeah no, so 
Oh yeah, you're so protective over your work sometimes. But uh, no, so I, I try to really hard that. Um, so when people come to my class, I do have four or five sessions with our uh, uh, lessons with them, where it's just doing basic techniques, getting them really familiar with all the different materials we do use, and then from then they start working on things they're interested in. And whether we start with paint or acrylic or watercolors or drawing, and then kind of working them up into working to photographs, and it's become really exciting. And I actually must say, like, um, the people that come to me are absolutely brilliant. Like, they have been coming to me for ages and they've seemed to really get into art and kind of start doing their own bits. Because there's nothing more fulfilling than when you have, like, somebody that comes to you and they're like, I don't know what you're going to do with me, Caroline. Like, you know, I can't draw <laughs> a straight line. And they kind of get the itch. They get bitten by the bug. And they're texting you being like, I stayed up all last night painting, Caroline. Like, it's oh, I'm looking at the bananas. Like, I'm seeing all the spots on the bananas. And... You know, so that's really exciting because you, you're opening up a world of kind of wonder to them. And it's the great thing about actually being in the Dunamays and different art centres is it's wonderful to make art while you're around art. So yeah. it provides like a really safe space for them, you know, that people that, again, may never have been exposed to art um, even in primary school. Um, and also just they feel OK, like, you know, there's that always oh, that constant. Is that right or wrong? But to kind of ask like. Like Caroline, I don't think that's good. Like, am I right? Or do you know? And, and it opens up big conversations, and they get to see really, like, you know, abstract art and conceptual art, and yeah, it's it's really I, I find them really really enjoyable. And um, shout out to anyone from my class if you're listening, I miss you. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, so that there was a period then for kind of two years where I just said yes to everything. So if people were looking for our kids' classes. I started doing kids classes, which I turns out were one of my favorite things because kids just have no fear. They're just brilliant. And, and with the kids classes, I could curate like really exciting projects. Like before we left, we were designing um, birdhouses, but I would try and let everyone design their own individually. So we'd be like working on different projects of like, you know, how to design a house for a giraffe versus a slug to kind of get them into the design head and you know kids are just brilliant like they're they have so much creative energy and they're just amazing to work with and so I end up uh, working a lot with so I have an after school art club I have an adult art class and I also do like a toddler and tea session in the Dunamays for just toddlers to come and mum have a cup of tea and they can chat or get um, messy and paint and messy with the paint excuse me and but I also did like I don't do all of these things now, but I did like birthday parties and hens and any kind of facilitation like paint and Prosecco. And there was a lot of corporate events, which were really interesting that I ended up doing like in Dublin or in Kildare. And one of the funny ones that I got into was actually um, through a contact I had at a festival. And I ended up going to Intel to make like a eco sculpture with the employees for their 50th anniversary so that was really interesting so it was just like it's an exciting time I didn't think it would be a road I would go down after college but it was like a really interesting way for me to kind of get inspired and be able to work and actually kind of create an income for myself so I didn't have to put so much pressure on what I was making and I found that was brilliant and it, it it didn't it really helped my work as well because when I finally kind of got into a rhythm of what I wanted and what my business to be um yeah it was a breeze then for my work it, it just took kind of the pressure off a little bit um yeah so that was kind of all the kind of stuff I kind of did with 
my classes um, and of course things had to kind of calm down obviously after COVID but I am working on like um, building a website which we have a website up and we did a few bits and we're doing art boxes at the moment to bring kind of get myself out to the art classes community because the one difference I find that was kind of hard was um, my art classes were very individualized and everyone was doing something different so it's kind of hard to do creative things like that over zoom so i'm currently designing and making different boxes we had a launch of an art box for kids um in november and now i'm kind of uh, designing and recreating ones for adults um, and like birthday parties and things like that so that they can work with me online through pre-recorded videos through my website and that they have all the materials there themselves but yeah no i really enjoyed working kind of I really enjoy my facilitation and and um, I find it like really rewarding and stuff and um yeah so basically then what happened next this is like the story of your life Pat I'm just gonna <laughs> one, big, one big sentence um yeah so in 2018 then um I kind of started getting into a rhythm um, and what I wanted like the business to be and it was kind of it was coming out it was kind of working really well and I was actually able to employ someone which is like a massive thing and um, I was really proud of that um, and I started getting more I found the kids um, and the way we work together their creative energy really influenced me and I was oh god I'd love to work more and like kids kids projects and kind of work more with them but I felt I didn't have enough I wanted more knowledge. I wanted to gain more knowledge on kind of arts in education and kind of the function of creativity and how that works in an educational sphere. And um, so I kind of was having the lookout for different courses. And I saw that there was a master's in of education and visual arts um, in Marino. And it was like a kind of connected to Trinity. And it wasn't like a dip or anything. Um, but it was just kind of a, bo- a broad spectrum of visual arts in education. So, fo- so fo- sorry, focusing mainly on um, primary school, but also elements of secondary. Um, so I applied for that and it kind of worked well because it was um, it was part time. So it was like a Friday evening and a whole day Saturday. And uh, yes, yeah, so I went for the interview and that was fine. And um, it was open to artists, like people working in administration of the arts um, art officers, teachers. um, yeah, loads, all the kind of different um, areas in arts and where arts and education collide. And uh, yeah, so I got a place in there and it turned out I was the only artist in the group. Everyone else was a teacher. And so... I kind of, that was a bit daunting because I kind of went, oh God, what have I done? <laughs> like, you know, it's like, oh, yeah, like, uh, yeah. What, what was that like? That was, yeah, so it was a bit, really a bit of a shock. Like, yeah, because I, it was funny when you went, when I went first, and um, you're actually put in all, all the masters were put to, together. So there was loads of people doing all different things like um, religion and, um, oh my God, I can't, God, I have COVID brain, I can't think of all the rest and there's loads of different ones and um, uh, I think early oh, a young early young something anyway sorry I made a balls of that and um, oh excuse me and um, <laughs> uh, there's the first one and um, 
yeah so we were all kind of put in together so I actually didn't know like who was what or because you're kind of just in a lecture hall and they're just talking about the basics of kind of getting back into writing and researching things like that and then we were brought into our different fields and um, there was only I think like, there was only 10 of us and um, there was it was written and kind of um, created by the program Michael Flannery um, who was brilliant and there was an artist then also involved uh, Margaret Fitzgibbon um, and she was fantastic as well so yeah so everyone else was primary school teachers and I was the only artist and I did have a bit of a panic because I was going oh god am I a, is this an ex-? like was I a bit of an experiment like should I be here <laughs> uh, but they were absolutely fantastic and it didn't make a difference because the course wasn't aimed in that way it just happened like you know it was suiting because what I did learn when I was there was really interesting that the primary school teachers in particular don't get an awful lot of time in um, when they're training about the arts because you have um, music drama um, and visual art um, so what I found really interesting was <clears throat> when you look at kind of primary schools, a lot of schools might have very little resources in terms of just even materials. And then you're trying to get teachers to be incredibly, incredibly creative with a lack of materials. And unless they're very creative or doing a lot of creative things themselves, that's a big task, uh, I think, to kind of, you know, you know, work with very little and be really creative and, and be ticking off all the boxes on the curriculum. Um, so it was a big eye opener. It was really interesting to view how people from the educational world had a perspective of what art was and is and can be. And then they also said then it was interesting that, you know, I could voice the way well I see things. Um, no, so I learned an awful lot. Like it was really interesting and it was such a great to have the resource of Trinity Library and um yeah, it was really, uh, really enjoyable time. It was really difficult because to go back to college and have to write again was, oh my God, like that was just like, <laughs> oh, like I had nightmares from my thesis before. But I don't know, do you find this, Pat? The more you get are very tactile or are working with paint, um, I don't know, I kind of, I, I'm not great then with kind of functioning and working with sentences and kind of, you know, kind of getting into the that headspace. Um, yeah no completely like there's times where and I think it's just because I'm so used to like you know maybe for doing your CV or your statement or whatever on the computer when it comes to taking up a pen and paper it's the most alien feeling like, yeah it's like in the world. It's... enter into a different space uh, for sure yeah <laughs> um, but yeah so that was like a whole other that was like a whole other um thing I could yeah it was it was tough but it was really it was really interesting so um what happened then is <clears throat> we we had to pick a kind of an area of research and we were going to go out into the field and research it and then um, write it all up and um, <clears throat> create a survey and a study on it. And um, so what I ended up working on, obviously, I wanted to um, delve more into artists. So I ended my piece was uh, titled Outsider on the Inside. And um, so where I was examining quality primary visual art education from an artist's perspective. So I went out and I was interviewing as many artists as I could who had been um, involved with the artists in school scheme. So for people who don't know what that is, the artists in school scheme is a program that is run from local um, arts offices in your county or your district. And it's where artists enter into secondary schools or primary schools. And it's a way for um, uh, 
the school to expose um, <clears throat> the students to different forms of art and different artists and learn different di- about different disciplines. So, yes, yeah, so I was really interested in learning um, about what artists thought was quality in art in an educational setting, because sometimes what I found if I was when I worked in schools myself, if I went to primary schools or secondary schools, even things on the wall could be quite uniform. There sometimes might be a lack of ambiguity. Things are very, you know, neat and structured. And um, it's so funny because so much of art is not about that. You know, creativity is, you know, about experimenting and, you know, flexibility. So um, I really wanted to kind of delve in because I thought definitely that artist's perspective you know, they're an ex- the expert in their field and, you know, they can give so much. So I found when I was researching, there was a lot of perspectives given from the point of view of teachers and um, administrators and principals, um, but not as many as I would hope to have seen from the point of view of the artist. Um, yeah, so that's kind of why I went down that route. <laughs> Um, you know it's so cool an artist comes in and starts to work with you and you know to make build connections that like kids understand that artists are real people they're not just dead you know like, yeah. <laughs> they're not these pictures floating on that you just see like you know I remember learning about these artists but like you know visual of them and you know but um but yeah so I hope I, that didn't sound like I'm, I'm not downgrading teachers like they're amazing um, and especially with the with the facilities that they have but um yeah, just, of course, I'm always going to be biased. I'm always going to say, like, you know, arts are so important, but they really are. And, and so many studies have shown that if you start your class with kids um, and even in secondary schools as well, that they start off the day with art or something like that. There is, you know, the cognitive benefits for learning better speech and, you know, the therapeutical ele- elements. And then they will go on and and to be more set up for the rest of the day, you know, but sometimes I think arts can be viewed as a luxury rather than a necessity, I guess. Yeah. Um, I think like, like you said, in primary school, like when you do get the chance to do it alongside the other subjects, like it's nice, like, cause we were lucky enough in primary school that, um, like our teachers, they had a good interest in the arts. Like, you know, so you would have been doing, uh, like say visual art maybe once a week and then one would have, well, in sixth class especially our teacher at the time would have maybe taught us the tin whistle as well like you know but then once you go into secondary school you didn't have access well like I, I wasn't in the art class like so I didn't have access to it like you know yeah, and it was and just it, yeah and it is kind um, of different like it is it's set in secondary school it's set to a curriculum and you know it has to be bound to be examined which is again another interesting topic like how do you how do you examine art like how can you know to even set bases lines like that like how do you assess creativity like really interesting i know they've changed it now and they are kind of leaving it it's actually more i think true to how artists operate like with the sketchbook and kind of having continual assessment which i think makes more sense but, yeah um, definitely but yeah it's even interesting now like you know with primary school and particularly and in secondary schools with covid like you know it must be extremely difficult for people to teachers to try and get their art lesson in um do you know, and, in, and even then, if they're at home, it's a kind of another added pressure of like, do you have paper? Do you have glue? Do you, you know, there's loads of different things to think about. And um, this actually reminds me of and um, there's this really cool school in uh, Italy. And it's kind of like the idea of like the way Montessori works. I think uh, uh, Reggio, Reggio Emilia, I think, um, is the person. 
and they set up a school and it's really interesting it's kind of for early learning and it's uh, for a constant it's kind of a, a student-centered way of education with kind of con- constructivist educational philosophy and the idea is that even from toddlers they make sure that they all get the highest standard of materials and by that that means that they would give them acrylics and they would give them oh, like right. watercolors and to teach them the difference you know kind of not I suppose um not downgraded I guess in any way and it's amazing like they have like areas where in the schools where like you have a supply room and if you're not using a piece of paper it's putting back and you know there's a real respect to everything and it works really well and it's uh, it's amazing then what the kids learn they that they you know they appreciate and they give a real respect to the material they're using and it's really funny because I found that in my classes like they'll the kids will know if I've given them the cheaper paint or they'll yeah. know that like <laughs> this is the powdery stuff it's not a, it's not it doesn't do you know and um, yes, yeah, so that's really interesting, you know, because it's, uh, you know, it's a kind of, yeah, I suppose it's to give it as much respect as you can. But uh, yeah. Yeah, because like, this is probably like, again, it's just, I suppose, the way things to be handled, like over here when you're growing up, I remember doing a couple of workshops and like there were children's workshops, but like I think there was one of them, maybe there were 10 or 11 and they were telling me they were after getting an oil paint and set for their birthday. And I was like, that's mad. Like, like, I know. And I think as well, but, Pat, though, it was different for us. Like, I just don't think there was as much supply like that. Do you know? Like, no. Do you know? It, it, it's definitely, it's way cooler now. Like, I'm very jealous of all the stuff they could get. Like, it's really cool. And it's it's brilliant because it means they get to like, explore so many, so many different things. Like, it's, yeah, it's really exciting that way. Because I didn't know what yeah, I like, was when I went to school, art college. No, same as, like, I think in Abilique's I would have worked with acrylic. And then in art college, I eventually kind of worked up the courage to work with oils. Because at the time, like, oil paint was almost this kind of mythical thing that, like, do you know... Only Leonardo da Vinci used. Yeah, (laughs) he was a wizard. But, like, it's just, like, yeah, I don't know what I heard. It's like, like, I mean, it was class. And then on the other hand, it was kind of straight away, like, the kind of... I don't know where, like... Maybe it's from like kind of seeing different things on online as well. I was like, oh, but the health and safety, the tinners, the fumes, all this, you know. But like, yeah. I mean, I think it's. Still... I think I, I did realize I did notice um a while ago now um on a lot of the art supply stores that they have eco water based tinners and stuff, which is really interesting for like the brushes to clean, and they're much more expensive and stuff. But um yeah, but like that, you see, that's kind of going back again to that Italian school is that don't under, not to underestimate children like you can they will understand that, like, you know, you, you have to be careful, you know, and it's, you know, it's to kind of give the, cha- the chance to care or for kids to, you know, meet the challenge as well. It's, it's really important. Like, I think we talked about this before, like um, if you don't get a lot of like, you know, people might not get to experience art in in primary school and I remember you you said something really great to me one time you were saying like uh you know you were chatting to I think some of your mates in the snooker hall and you were you know you love when they ask you about art because sometimes in rural areas um people may might only assume art with portraiture and landscape and that there is so much more to that but you know it's kind of up to you know schools and and art centers to you know kind of get to show and display that because like we're saying you might your only connection to art might be what you see in primary school or after that you have to seek it out so like i just think that some of the cool projects that um 
I was involved with before. Sorry, Pat, I'm just going on a big long tangent. No, no, you're <laughs> going to work away. It's classic. <laughs> I'm just going off in stories. But uh, yeah, that, that story always reminds me like the power of kind of education. And when you do have amazing teachers in your primary school and, and art centres and stuff that, that go the extra mile, because there was a really cool project actually um, that I did with the li- uh, library and they're just I must say like hats off to the librarians in Leash like they've been doing such great things over COVID as well and lockdown keeping everyone entertained and um, they reached out to me a few years ago and one of the librarians wanted to do um, a, a project they wanted to um, sorry I'm such a brain fart they wanted to make the classic novels more popular because they felt in, like a lot of the kids were just kind of reading the same kind of things and they wanted to reintroduce to them. But they also wanted to have like an art element to it. So the lovely librarian in, in uh, Trina in Mount Rath, um, she got in contact with me and she picked out a, a selection of novels like um, The Wind in the Willows and The Secret Garden. And we kind of put our heads together and I came up with an idea of how to kind of create an art element out of that so certain school classes were selected in the area they read the books and then they came to me and to have an art project so it was a really great way of kind of combining two of the arts that they got to read the story and then they would come to me and tell me about it and we ended up making these like really cool illustrations that were popped out of their books and so like things like that are like so wonderful and it's just so inventive and such a great experience, I think, for kids to do and that it kind of shows them what art can be, that it, you know, just doesn't have to be painting, like it just doesn't have to be like a clay pot or something like that. Um, and like actually another great project was one with Creative Leash. Um, I keep saying last year, but it obviously wasn't. It was like probably two years with COVID and they had a curation project Um oh, the name's gone out of my head, but it was to do with the Dunamays and Creative Leash and the Leash Arts Office and Creative Ireland Leash, excuse me, and Kevin Kavanagh. Um, he was the gallerist. And I think uh, Laura from the Dunamays um, worked in partnership with him. And they went to a school and they talked to them about like, kind of how the art world works, you know, like how Kevin is part of the art world selling in his gallery, the artist and a curator. So they got to show them what a curator was and then they became curators and out of his collection, they created a show in the Dunham Maze. And um, I just thought that was like so cool because like, you know, a curator is kind of one of those funny things. Like I think unless you're kind of really into art, you might not really be sure what kind of role it has in the art world. And um, yes, it was really cool. So I then got to do kind of um, workshops around that with other schools. So other classes would come in then to the space and I would explain to them that like kids their age, you know, picked all these paintings and we would talk about paintings and, you know, kind of be art critics. And they then had their own models to create their own space again. And if they had the the option, what way would they do it? And yes, I just think like, you know, projects like that are just amazing and it would be just a fantastic of every school and um, across the counties and um, the the country could um get to do because uh yeah it was just amazing it's yeah i just think they're brilliant but i'm biased of course but yeah but like that <laughs> exhibition that uh kevin and laura worked on with the the children like that was it was a great show like and even the little uh minis- uh the miniature of the gallery as well was class like it was just yeah that was when that was down to the uh shirley in the office like fantastic and laura and um, and it was brilliant because it makes it so visual then you know for the other kids and and for them and 
it was really fun because like when I was working with some of the different groups that came and that we were working with our own models and stuff and just kind of talking about like um the paintings and building up skills for kids I think it's really important now that like how to decipher images and be critical like the teachers are saying like this is great because it's like they do certain things in you know maybe art history in school or like things about perspective but it's great to see it in real life you know because it's really hard when it's just on a projector and they said like you know they they found it really interesting as well because they got to learn and to see kids that maybe not might not be excited about painting but to get really excited about this because there's so many different levels and areas to art you know so I always think when people say like oh I'm not creative it's like everyone's creative like in in some way or form or another yeah definitely like because I was going to say it as well um about uh the response workshops that you were doing to that exhibition like like it was such a cool idea like and to get more people into well get more people in and actually see what their response was to the paintings in the exhibition like as well yeah it was really interesting because it was something I'd never done because I it was it was really interesting to do it with kids because it's something I actually naturally do with the adults that I would work with and so then to do it with kids was a learning curve for me as well but it was interesting because kids just don't have a fear of being wrong so you know (laughs) the workshops like I could have done them all day because it would just open up like you know what they see and then they would argue and you know there's just no fear like they're just you know they're so creative and but yeah it was really brilliant like I just thought that project was just it was a great opportunity and I, I loved working on it and yeah it was it was absolutely brilliant it was brilliant to work with a different audience as well because partly with my own practice um because I do the workshops during for well for the first few years I just worked on the workshops because when you're kind of starting up a business you kind of just have to go all hog so so my practice did go down a little bit but as I said before it kind of leveled up and I was able to get back to it but the way I kind of maintained my creativity as best I could in my own practice was um during the summer when I didn't have classes I would submit um sculptures into festivals so it was great having the picnic like right by the art house so um I returned to the art house um and it was just great to be right beside it and so that was actually I seem to have this theme where I love a kind of a good challenge um because working with um working like in that space for the summer it was kind of like a mini residency for myself so I'd be so busy kind of trying to set up classes and kind of get that done it was nice to go away for like the little time of the summer and be like right this is my challenge I'm working with rubbish or I'm working with lights how do I make this like you know drunk proof so people don't you know tear it apart like weatherproof <laughs> like exciting does it light up like is am I going to connect to my practice somewhere or am I going to like leave a free fall on its own um yeah so yeah it's a it's an interesting sorry I don't know how I ended up there but it, <laughs> that. but it was just like the challenge yeah that was it I, I do I like kind of jumping in I just like to say yes and kind of go for it because I found anytime I've done that or like said yes to something that I wasn't really sure about it's always kind of feed it some way back into my own art practice so like I still think about the way those kids look and view and see those artworks and of course then that makes me think about the younger audience that might see my artwork you know especially when it's out in a festival or I have it in a, like a show in somewhere in New York in a, in a kids gallery um yeah so I always yeah I love good jumping into a challenge yeah yeah and you know what you were saying like about like making work for the festival uh Caroline mm-hmm. uh just the one of the grids of images you sent on to me there earlier on 
um, there was a like a, a rabbit with I think red lights and it was and there was another little, oh, yeah. uh, like kind of green yeah. animal. Was that for a festival or because it looked well, that like was, it was yeah, in a public that was space? For, uh, yeah, it was like a it was an outdoor festival. Um, so just if for people who are listening, I don't have my I don't have an art set website up at the moment. I had a previous one. I'd taken it down. And I don't have my artwork um up at up on Instagram at the moment. And um, it's very hard for me to kind of uh, work with Instagram because a lot of my stuff is kind of very installation based. So um, I sent Pat some pictures of my work. So he wasn't, uh, he kind of had an idea of what I was talking about. But yeah, so one of them is um, these little bunnies and they're kind of made of tissue paper and wire and they're lit up from the inside. Um, yeah, so that was part of um, a, a little small festival that was just out in a, sit- in a city, um, out in a small part of uh, the city in, um, in London. Um, yeah, so it was really interesting. I just ended up connecting with somebody that I worked again at the picnic and we I helped design them. I wasn't actually able to be there, but um, I helped design them and kind of um, made part of the structure and um, any design work. Um, some of them had like kind of printed ears and stuff and that was sent off to them. But um, yeah, that was the same people that I ended up working with a lot of different stuff. Um, it's amazing who how you kind of make connections. But uh, yeah. You know, they were very cool. Like, just kind of, I don't know, I, I love anything with kind of bright lights and stuff. Yeah, <laughs> and, like, and there wasn't, and the thing with little projects like that, it's nice to kind of step away as well from your own bits and just do something very different with, like, a simple brief and, you know, just kind of fit for a purpose. And, um, yeah, so that that was kind of fun. I do, I've done a few light bits in my, um, um, before in the picnic as well. And I'd actually, I always wish that I'd done, like, woodwork or, kind of had done some sort of course in um to that electricians do because like most of the time I always have to find some electrician being like can you make these lights you know go to the rhythm of a heartbeat or you know so there's lots of um lots of things I always need to seek out so I I, I love to get a I'd love to know a little bit more about that but I don't know maybe one day who knows yeah you know I uh when it comes to electric electronic stuff as well I kind of tend to avoid it because I'm like just worst case scenario, the imagination starts running away from me. I'm like, yeah. like if it starts raining, what's going to happen? You know, obviously you have it protected against that, like you know. But yeah, there's actually um, a lot of stuff now. Actually, is is waterproof, but uh, yeah, I know what you mean. You kind of just go mad then and stuff. Yeah, just like it's just you start just picturing all the things that go terribly, terribly wrong. Like so, um, and just on the same uh, grid of images, Caroline, the one in on the top line that was in the center was that it's in a gallery space what was that was that yeah so that was um so after my degree show i got um um i don't know what what you call it but well you know when loads of galleries or and curators come to the gallery shows and then you can get called up and then they want you to to show in their gallery and so that was in um a gallery in bantry bay um, where I'd taken my degree piece um, so it was just this like it was like I think 10 foot tall um, a tornado piece basically is in the shape of a tornado and that was all um, reclaimed and reused um, rubbish and I had um, turned it into sheets of paper and then I just made like a kind of very abstract um, sculpture but the idea was to make again back on that theme of kind of you know something that we kind of ignore, ignore it's kind of a little bit invisible and kind of transforming the material and getting you to look at it in a new light. Um, so yeah, so that was in, um, in, in Cork and actually I brought that around that, like it was an absolute 
oh blood sweat and tears went into that because I try and like to try and work with rubbish to turn it into like you know grinding down plastic and getting to bind other things was a nightmare but um after that I actually got to show in a good few galleries after that so it was kind of interesting um you know getting to install a work like that in in different places and it also it always turned out different like you know and sometimes we put lights into it or sometimes I didn't and sometimes I would add smell and stuff to it um yeah so I really actually enjoy working with like installations where you kind of get to control the space or create kind of an atmosphere for um the viewers to kind of um get involved with art I think there's a there's a special name for things where like you know it's um we have an emotional reaction or physical reaction to art I don't know what it's called Pat do you know it's like you know when people I go to know, 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 they, they, they cry at Rothko paintings there's like an actual term yeah I've heard and then yeah that's cool I've heard it before and I can't remember what it is yeah, it's like it's a, it's a, it's like the way they call a phobia. Like it's a very like long word, but um, yeah, I always find that really interesting where people have physical reactions to like, you know, um, installations or like, you know, um, oh, I can't think of the name. The there's a sculpture guy who does like really intense light pieces, and people always have really emotive, um, reactions to them and of course now in the most important moment i can't remember but i'll probably text yeah. what i can remember bill viola yeah. it, no not not bill viola but bill viola is a different kind of artist who does really emotional um video work um, and and uh, lots of people it's it's really intense but um i can't think of the other artists i'll i'll i'll, I'll text you after the podcast yeah cool enough like, I, I, like i'm shocking with artist names or the names of work yeah, I can. You can always visualize it in your head, can't you? And you can remember the yeah. colors of it and stuff. And yeah, I I find I'm getting worse. Um, so I do try and like try and test myself the odd time or just kind of just go through the back through the books. And um, and even I'm very bad with dates and artwork. And yes, same as history like... as well. Do you know, I, I need to. That should be another. That should be a little lockdown task for us. Yeah, <laughs> just kind of get back to like college and just like research and yeah. artists. But with like, no stress, just just researching uh, the ones we like. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I was just going to say though about that that piece, Caroline. That um, that where you turn the rubbish into sheets. It's a really cool piece. Like and like in terms of like building that, like was there like was there yeah. any challenges? Like because it's quite narrow near the bottom. Yes, like yeah, so I wanted the idea of it. Um, it was kind of. T- defeating gravity and so yeah so I had to make an iron um oh this is actually a funny story to this the I had to make um a kind of an anchor in the middle so me and the technician had to weld kind of like a a circular base with like iron rods in the middle and then I used wire and chicken wire to kind of fold and kind of weave the the sheets of paper um like we call them paper but like it like some of it was made out of grass like anything that was deemed useless and people thought there was no use for anymore they used to drop it at my apartment or we used to use the rubbish and um, I actually did a project as well before in the Tyrone Guthrie house where I got people to drop their rubbish at my house and I didn't know who they were and then I went through the rubbish to see if I could create a portrait out of them from them and um, so oh, class. <laughs> yeah it's it's funny there's a some people believe that you can tell a lot from people's rubbish. I don't know. I'm still uh, figuring that out. But um, yes, yeah, so <laughs> uh, yeah. So it was. It was. Yeah. It was. I was on chairs and scaffolding, and it was really lightweight. So that was that was an. It was a really kind of um, 
a battle of kind of weight and trying to get everything to kind of balance itself. And um, but it was really funny actually when the in my degree show when it was finished, I had to I didn't have a van and I couldn't I couldn't drive either. And like the pole was like eight like you couldn't put it in your house. It was like eight foot and then the wire would go up higher. Um I actually can't remember how tall it was. I don't know if it was like ten foot or anyway. But um I had to get the pole back somehow because i have used that in like every festival i've ever put an art piece on because it was just brilliant to have like cast iron that i could weld into the ground or, or kind of bolt into the ground and um the only way i could bring it back the only way i thought i could bring it back was um through jj cavanagh's bus you know underneath the buses they have like a big <laughs> yeah, yeah. piece so like i had to walk <laughs> down through limerick city with this huge pole and like big circular base and like oh just limerick's so funny like the comments you got going down the street was just brilliant and the bus driver was brilliant i said to him he was like oh yeah love no water don't worry like whack it in there and it was always the airport bus so i was like oh this will be fine there'll be loads of um there'll be loads of suitcases and like, like things you know so it won't roll around everywhere sure of course Murphy's Law it was like there was one suitcase there so I'd not tie it <laughs> to anything naively whacked it in and every time the poor bus driver took a corner it was like underneath of like the iron pole <laughs> crashing but I got it home anyway but uh, yeah no it was it was like a it was kind of like trying to just balance and kind of use your head with physics and kind of weight and um, yeah there was a wire mesh running through it that uh, held all the paper together yeah no, it's a really cool piece like it's just because at first, like, I just saw it on my phone, like, and at first I thought it was actually, like, sheets of fabric, the way they were folded, like. But... Yeah, because some of them would have been really hard if they had plastic, and some would have been really soft. And some of them had a smell of, like, flowers if they were in it. Um, which I actually, I actually put that piece in Body and Soul outside one time. That was interesting to know then you could kind of preserve stuff like that with just, like, varnish and, 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 and different mediums. But yeah, I still have all that paper still to this day. I use it for loads of stuff. It's 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 really funny. Yeah, that's cool. Like, because I, I never would have thought of like that you could do that. You know, like with rubbish, like to yeah, like reuse it, it like that. It's, it's class. It's it's funny. Like, not it doesn't work all the time. But I did go through a period then of um, like I mentioned before, I um, I would cast things in it. So I started casting like canvases, yeah, out of the rubbish, and I would be able to paint with them. And I actually ended up at one point I was casting, I used to um, cast um, my own paint palette and then use use the cast then as a normal paint palette. And like I was able to make one watertight. I made a jug watertight before. So, yeah, yeah, it's really interesting. And it was really it's really tough, though. It's a thing. It's like a it's like a labor of love working with a material like that. I don't I don't really work with it as much anymore. It's a great one to work with with festivals because um they're always looking for like an eco element and um it's a really you know it's great to be able to show something so transformed like in one of in the one pictures i sent you there's all these kind of little they look like little cells and um again going back to kind of making things um that are invisible visible i made a whole series of batches of cancer cells because when you actually get like visual images of and diseases and the cells can be really beautiful they're really full of color when they're zoomed up in the microscope and so I thought was I started using rubbish and kind of casting it like that and then painting them and putting lights and stuff in them and using them for um, festival events so yeah it was it's funny it kind of it led me in different um in different paths but yeah definitely labor love it's it's not it's not an easy material to say the least no like and um 
the one you were saying with the cells, uh, Caroline, is that the image where it's in the art house? No. That, yeah, that was me when I first got to the art house and I was testing them out. Um, I couldn't find the one at the festival for you because at the moment, you, you know yourself, when you're trying to set up a website, there's so many folders. But that was me just yeah. testing out the first few to see if it would actually, if they could hang, if they were like actually, you know, it was if it was feasible. So I ended up making loads of clusters of them then. Yeah, so I think you've got like um, different kinds of cancers there if they're all kind of true to their colours. Yeah, yeah. I'm very morbid, but uh, it's that kind of thing of like, you know, there is kind of beauty and kind of really you know despairing kind of things as well there's always a balance yeah like it's like you're saying like the unseen like you don't see him like you know yeah unless you're in a lab maybe or whatever you don't see him that close like so and i remember actually when i was in that was very early on when i just came out of college and i remember printing out all the ones i found most aesthetically beautiful and then um, so you had all different kinds of ones and all different kinds of shapes and then kind of actually learning which each one was completely changed your perception whether it was like pancreatic cancer cell a lung cell and um, you know like what you know different viruses and tb and stuff looks like and um, it was really really interesting it was really, so it's very funny when people come in and visit you in your studio and they're like oh what is this and you're like oh, it's, it's, a, it's a wall of killing diseases uh, yeah. just, aren't they so beautiful um, but you know they were just the colours in them is are amazing um, but yeah so that was kind of um, yeah that was an interesting time I, I actually just used a lot of the time when I came out when I was working up to showing pieces for that award just to experiment as much as I could like it and kind of use the space as best as I could yeah and in the on the second slide uh Caroline, there's a portrait, and I think were you shining a UV light on it? Oh yes. Yeah. So this is oh oh yes. Yeah. So there's one portrait, um, they're kind of all portraits actually, but there's one portrait. Uh, this is kind of what I'm actually working on, um, most recently. So when I returned um to the studio space, I think 2008 it was, um, I had to do a few commissions of drawing, and it kind of got me back into actually, um, I hadn't done portraiture work in a while. And it kind of sparked something in me for it to go back and um, do a little bit of TD, uh, 2D work, excuse me, um, working with kind of, again, that process of grief and, 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 you know, how to represent emotions. So they're not too illustrative, but, you know, they're actually true to what they represent. Um, and so that is a line drawing on a canvas of a person. And then um, I used invisible paint. So... Um, it's all different color paints. It's like, it's like UV, I don't, it's invisible paint, I suppose, in daylight. But when you put like an LED light or UV light over it, it comes up. So kind of like, you know, when you're at a rave or whatever and the glow sticks come up and like everybody's teeth, they're like glowing white. And um, that's kind of effect. So um, what I would do is I would have to paint kind of backwards on the backside of the canvas. And I was kind of, this was actually just a tester. It was in a culture night, I think, at the art house. Um, but this was, I was just first starting to kind of figure it out. Um, so what I would do is I would get the UV paint and you're kind of painting blind because you can't really see it unless you constantly have the the, the black light out on it. And um, I was just kind of working with kind of uh, layering up different faces um, over the portrait and kind of different, you know, very illustrative representations of like sad anger, you know, just like uh, 
this, you know, uh, happiness, you know, tired, like all those kind of different things and elements that come with kind of grief and, and mourning and to see if it would work. And so, yeah, it, it actually, it did, it did work. And um, it was a little installation where you had to put on special glasses, pick up the, the, the flashlight. And then once you put the light on the picture, you saw all these other pictures. So it was like a duality of a portrait. You saw one, one part was and to the naked eye uh, completely invisible and then when you put the light up you saw all these other elements so I've continued on really with that work again love an L challenge so um, I'm kind of mixing it with different paints and seeing how that works out because it's really like it's um the only way I can describe it to you Pat it's like painting with PVA glue that's kind of what the invisible paint is like it's really it's just really kind of gloopy so I'm um experimenting it adding it into different kind of acrylics and actually working really big and kind of creating a duality in different portraitures and sometimes I've um you know working with different scenes of mourning whether it's like you know um uh, really famous pictures um that we know um or photographs and then kind of adding a, a different element to them that can't be seen only when this light is turned on so um yeah and the other portrait actually was um uh the the it's a drawing it's a black and white drawing of a man's face i used to work with two-way cameras um or two-way mirrors excuse me so that's when you have like a camera behind a mirror and um that was an installation piece i did really early on in college and i loved interact i loved when people interacted physically with the artwork so i would get them to answer certain questions about emotions and you know their relationship to certain feelings and all these different kind of things but they were looking at a mirror all the time and um they would be asked to say things out loud and then halfway through the instruction they would be told that they were actually on camera through the mirror and it was really interesting seeing how things changed and obviously like this was done in a creative space so like people you know gave permission and um there was full disclosure but what i actually ended up doing with a lot of the work was appropriating the images from the camera and transforming them into drawings but that weren't completely um, finished so you kind of had kind of a blurred image of um people's expressions yeah that's it i was looking at that drawing as well like it's, it's such a good or it's a really great piece of work so it is like yeah it's uh i do i kind of i must say i, I do love drawing i don't do it enough um you know like most things you kind of are always kind of saying you should be doing more of um and then uh, yeah the other pieces then that you see were just again more variants and kind of working with the idea of of mourning and and how how it's seen and how it's not seen and the different processes of grief so that was just a video piece of kind of just a banal everyday um kind of average day of events but there was a shadow cast onto the floor which mimicked one of the characters in the video piece um, and if the character was laughing the shadow might be doing something different and it was just kind of showing that everyone has this duality of emotion that can run side by side um, so yeah that was uh, another piece and then the other piece was just a drawing um, I have an obsession with folds <laughs> I love drawing them um, like... I thought that was a black and white photo when I saw it first actually <laughs> creases of folds yeah so that was just like a process of recording like um, I used to get people to take pictures of their um, their pillows um if they had dreams of a past one that they dreamt about and then i would draw the marks on their um pillows so very abstract you know kind of very yeah. conceptual in that sense but um yeah i like i like working with you know I, I love illustration i love drawing and i do love the mediums of conceptual art because it, it kind of opens it and takes people to different places as well 
Yeah, definitely. I mean, the the installation as well, like of that video piece, like was really cool. Or well, do you know it? Like it was a really cool idea as well. Like, but, but like, was the installation hard to get to? Yeah, that was um, that was really funny. Um, the one you see there is one I remade. It was a piece. The the first one I did, I did it in college, and um, like it's so funny. Like it would have been way easier. It was way easier to do it now, just because the technology was way better, just with Premiere Pro and stuff. Um, yeah. But back in college, when I first tried to do this, I um. I only had DVDs. So what I actually had to do was I set up this kind of tower of, um, of, uh, tellies and, um, the, I actually split. So just say it was a picture of you, Pat standing. Um, I split your image across the tellies. So your head was on one telly, your shoulders on two others, you know, so you're kind of a little bit bigger than life. And then the projection of your shadow would have been all on the floor in front of it. But it was really hard because, um, what I had to do was cush the video, into different sizes so they'd fit on each the telly like there definitely was a way more technical and much easier and more efficient way to do it I did figure that out when I did it again and um, but yeah and just to kind of get everything timed right through video um or through DVDs rather um was really interesting but when I redid it again I kept it to one telly and um, I kind of liked that uh, that idea but I would have loved to do if actually I had the space and, and the money to do it I would love to do an installation piece where there was videos on or TVs on all the walls, every single wall in the room, and that you walked through the person's day and that the shadows came onto the floor. I think that would be really fun. Yeah, yeah. Like, because like, that must have been a bit of a nightmare, though, trying to uh, cut the videos down so they all, like, matched up because, like, even trying to do that with an image in Photoshop, a still image can be annoying and difficult, like, so to try and do yeah, it. Yeah, so I had to, I had to film different situations and then I also had to to do the shadow work I had to go to a photo studio studio and cast my shadow and then film my shadow and then the biggest part of it then was trying to get the sizes compatible to work in the space and that the shadow wasn't too big for the image on the telly and vice versa and um, yeah no it was um yeah it was easier the second time around to do it because just technology was better um yeah but yeah no I, yeah it was uh, it was nice but i think sometimes that's the way my mind works with things a little bit as well so i didn't mind it too much but um yeah uh it was tricky it was kind of finickety i guess is the best word yeah yeah be, i suppose it'd like to be a lot of small problems too you could run into that you mightn't have really yeah and even things like technology just tvs cutting out and stuff all of a sudden not working <laughs> Do you know um yeah I remember like in Galway, that was always something that um, you used to hear going around the sculpture department. All right, was kind of like, do you know, like always kind of allow a little bit of room for those technical difficulties, like where something will cut out or whatever on you, like, you know. Because even like doing it this time around and projecting a shadow, like I can stick in an SD card or a USB uh, onto a Bluetooth projector and it can just, you know. Whereas in that wasn't the case back then, like there was loads of cables and all my video was on DVDs connected to tellies, like it was a whole setup. But I think that's one of the things though I did love about sculpture. It was like if you said, like if you had an idea where you're like, Oh, I want to, I don't know, create bubbles that like have, you know, glitter or glow in the dark, they'd be like, Right, let's try and do it. Do you know, it was just there was no excuse like I can't or you shouldn't. And obviously things, you know, didn't work out and that's you know where you learn a lot but um yeah I did I did love that well like you know hope why don't you just 
you know, go for it. Like, try it. Do it. There's, you know, what's the worst that can happen? Yeah, yeah. Just see what the crack is and see is there a method to this? Like, yeah, um, and you know, when you get into a state of flow when you do stuff like that as well. Like, you know, just when you're painting, you just kind of go straight into a different world. Yeah, um, I kind of, I, I don't know. The painting can be difficult, but I, I don't think there's as many things can go wrong with. I hope there's not enough because. Do you oh, know, yeah. as there can be with say, sculpture and working with like technology and more contemporary mediums, like you know. Yeah, and, and with installations, like you know, you can think about a piece and be really happy with it, but then you have to factor in that people are going to walk around this and touch it. And like I always remember, actually, I was in a, in a gallery in Australia, and somebody had done a map of the world in um some sort of seed, and I can't remember the name of the seed, but it was beautiful. And um, a little toddler came in and just whoosh, got rid of like Japan. Oh. <laughs> you know? um, but, yeah, I think there's more of a struggle with painting, you know, behind closed doors. Um, you know, and then there's, you know, I suppose compared to sculpture. But um, yeah, yeah, there's difficulties, I guess, in both ends. But installation works, you know, you just never know. And particularly with the stuff that I do at the festivals, which I haven't done I haven't done in the last while and um, it just they be, I just became too busy um, but uh, yeah you just have to think of every angle it's like public commission work like you know it has to be like graffiti proof like it has to be weatherproof and um, it can be limiting but also just again very challenging then as well like there was a yeah. sculpture at the electric picnic years ago where they stacked a cube of uh, washing machines and it was like I think it was really really high and um, people then just started to climb it and have like a rave on top of the washing machines. Christ. We had to go down, obviously. But um, yeah, I really enjoy actually doing the festival work because it's that kind of thing where you you know a load of people are going to see your artwork or interact with it, or it's going to become a meeting point for people to, you know, meet each other. Or like, where are you? Like, oh, I'm at the like hanging bras or like, you know, I'm at the like, yeah. the light cube. Um, so it's, and you know, it's, it's really freeing, you know, it's, you know, it's, it's a, it's a massive gallery, you know, so it's a, yeah, I really enjoy it actually. Yeah. Yeah. No, I've, I've only done it once myself and it was, again, it was 10 years ago, just when I came back to Leash, I was working with a group of the artists that were in the art house and, um, we got LEDs and pump into bottles and pump onto this big cube made of MDF. Oh my and, God, I uh, remember that. Yeah. They were like blue, they were like seven up bottles and Sprite bottles. Yeah, and it was the easiest clean-up I've ever had to do for anything because when we got back Monday morning, all the bottles and lights were gone. There was nothing left, only eight sheets of MDF. Oh, wow. Oh, God, so they took so them? I was just, yeah, I think, was it like the last night at the picnic, they used to have a rave in the forest and oh. everyone just took a bottle and light and just oh, went. Wow. And there was nothing left That's when amazing. we got there. So it made the clean-up uh, for us pretty handy I don't know where the bottles and lights ended up like but that's brilliant I had one time I had um a piece there where I was working like an eco camp and um I made kind of men like kind of the, the scent of man you know like baby man like teenager you know monkey into man um I don't know if it's called that apologies if it is if it isn't um and I made it from rubbish that was generated there so that was really interesting one of them was made out of food um, so that's kind of exciting as well. I like that part of it, um, which can be really exciting. But it is—it's a lot of hard work, and like uh, it came to the point where there was loads, like you were saying about ideas. Like I wanted to do these massive things, but like I don't have a warehouse, and I don't have a trailer, and a huge—you <laughs> know—like there's only so much you can do. Um, 
like I would have loved to like getting into welding pieces and stuff but then it's just to store it like where do you store it and that's it yeah. kind of interesting now like I don't know when ever the next festival would be or will be um do you know yeah so who knows what, what way that would be do you know it's a whole kind of industry gone down unfortunately yeah like I don't know it's not showing any real signs of anything starting up too quick either like so no yeah i'd say um, i'd say it will be a, a while it'd be interesting to see if, if anything happens in australia i think that would be um the, the guiding force um yeah in, in through it but yeah so who knows we'll see maybe we could have we can start our own art festival in, in leash pat yeah exactly yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> be great for uh yeah and like i've often thought though, it would be class to have like an actual midlands like visual art festival though yeah, like Carlo have their own arts festival. Um, I don't. I think it'd be interesting if we could, you know, the way the Eva International Festival is in Limerick. Like, it'd be interesting to see if, um, to kind of do art outside, like, um, because it's very hard to get people in places sometimes. So it'd be really interesting to bring like the gallery space outside, um, and even with like paintings and things that are kind of quite fragile. Um, I always think it'd be interesting, kind of, to fun way to kind of bring that out, like bring the art to people like it was actually i was in doing um, a mural with a school in eden dairy and we were just talking about the different styles of like you know what is a mural what's the difference between between street art and graffiti and um you know they were really enamored with the kind of um the the purpose of street art that like you know it was a easier way to actually put art out onto the street you know out of the gallery to you know to get it to a bigger audience um so I think that would be fun to bring all the artwork outside or on rooftops yeah That'd be fun. yeah <laughs> see this is where I, um... I need someone to go though but um... <laughs> <laughs> yeah no um, it's great yeah no I was just going to say there Caroline um just in terms of the workshops and that as well like you set up a group exhibition didn't you for Oh, yeah. Or a couple of group shows, was it? How did the uh, the classes find like exhibiting? Because like for some of them, it was probably their first time exhibiting, was it? In a yeah, gallery space? yeah, for sure. Um, so it was kind of when I kind of had got a good rhythm with the classes. I thought it'd be really interesting, and actually, I had hoped that um, you know, I would eventually go and do something in the Dunham Maze, um, but with COVID and everything, um. But uh, yeah, no, we we exhibited twice in the Mount Mellick Library Gallery, and which is a great space because it has like kind of little rooms and it's got like loads of wall space. And um, I would always have the kids artwork up alongside the adults artwork. And um, yeah, it was really interesting because you don't want to push it onto people. Um, and also it's it's really frightening because you're even coming into an art class and, you know, it's a really vulnerable thing to do to sit down and kind of draw in front of someone. Um, so I kind of put gave the idea and put the idea forward to the groups and I kind of said if anyone would like to do it I'd more than I'd love to do it with you um, and it turned out like almost everybody you know once kind of they saw their friend maybe doing it or someone else doing it and you know and I, I said to them like I wouldn't put your work up if I didn't think it was it was good enough and um, so yes yeah, so we had two shows and I the hardest part was that lots of people might have a few favorites and I didn't want to like it you know to kind of pick you know um certain kinds of paintings or you know so the best way I did it was we would 
um, I would get everyone to maybe give me two works to limit it to two works and then that way the work then we would choose a theme from it and I would find you know most of the time we would get maybe two paintings up from everybody um, um, or maybe two or three but then we would just kind of find a theme from it so at the very first one we called it duality and um, because they were very uh, novice and they were kind of working from the same paintings like I would have like um simple paintings in a folder that they could first work from so there was a kind of some people had the same image up in the exhibition but it was kind of done differently so I kind of like that duality of it and then the kids I would always have a separate project for them so we did opposites then because we had duality so the kids did um opposites of different words that they picked um in illustration form and they did animations and then in the second one Again, it was roughly the same people um, that had come and actually had more classes. So that was limited to one or two paintings. And I just called it a flourish. And it was just kind of, you know, just to see the progression of how people had were doing things differently. But uh, yeah, and it was really exciting, like, you know, to, to you know, have your work up in an exhibition. Like, you know, you, you're an artist now, you know, you're kind of sharing your work and stuff. Um, yeah, so no, it was really, it's really a fun experience. And it's a nice way to kind of mark the year as well. Yeah, definitely. And like, I mean, another thing I was going to say was like, uh, some of the people in the adult group, um, they were well, actually the whole group that I saw, like, were really good painters. Like, they were all well able to paint. And kind of, um, I can't remember how many weeks I was working with them for in the Dunham Mace. There, I remember was it last year? Oh or yeah, before? when you were doing the the um, was it the oil painting? Yeah, I yeah. think so. In the evening, and I was kind of like. I'm not really needed here. These people are well able to paint, like, you know, and yeah, just... they are a lot of them. Like, um, it's that funny thing where I would encourage a lot of them to practice because there's no point in coming to like a workshop and kind of going, Oh my God, like this took me, um, sorry, I'm losing my train of thought. No point in coming to a workshop and thinking that like, you're just going to produce something really quickly in like the two hours, you know, you know, it's only going to take me two hours. Um, but like I do really encourage them to practice at home because that's the only way to get better because you can come to me once a week for two hours for a month like and it may seem a long time but it's that's like a day it's like just a day painting at home like it's eight hours so I always encourage them to to paint more and to kind of make mistakes and I suppose as well a lot of the time in my art class like I do like to encourage them you know because I'm kind of showing and that idea of going into the gallery and showing different work and then getting to see different work shows that there is not one way to paint a flower like there's not one way to like paint a landscape and I think sometimes education in different levels you know your your curriculum something right is wrong like the math sum is right you know it's either right or wrong and you know art does have to be assessed so a lot of the time you'll get people coming to me saying like oh I I really love art but I'm not very good at it like I don't do it the right way and like there's no right way do you know so it's it's different with kids kids don't have that kind of built up in them they're they're more freedom and so it's just kind of breaking through that but um, a lot of them are very into it I must say that are particularly in my classes and they do practice a lot at home and it's great like you know even now I get like some messages being like I'm doing this at home like what do you think and I like you know and that's great because like they're properly into it you know a lot of people do come to my class and just use it for therapeutic reasons and they don't care what they paint as long as they're just doing something and you know so it is you know a lot of them like you know and I'm so glad you said that Pat because I think sometimes they think I'm just like picking them up but some of them are really you know they have a natural eye and it's actually really funny uh, an interesting conversation always comes up in the class where we kind of have this talk about like 
you know, I suppose in school when they were growing up, um, a bit of an older generation, they would say like people were just sought out, oh, they're gifted. Do you know, you kind of had it or you didn't. And it's yeah. that kind of thing of like, well, can you teach someone to paint well or are they just gifted or people just gifted? Um, and I don't know why, it'd be interesting to see what you think about this part, but I kind of think like, like, and it kind of happened when I was in school as well. Like, you know, there'd be certain people, you know, really good at certain things and they'd be just gifted. And I suppose like there's not, art is a funny thing to kind of teach, you know, because you're trying to teach people how to be creative. And it's more about kind of creating a, a, a creative environment for things to be ambiguous and flexible. And, you know, there has to be a freedom in it. And you have to kind of teach people to kind of have an autonomy about, you know, their learning. And, um, I always think that like the way I define it myself is I think some people are gifted, but I think it's the way we see. So like, for example, I have a, a dear friend who she might go on a date and um, sorry, Pat, again, going on a tangent. So please stop me. No, um, you're grand work. <laughs> um, and she's going on a date and she, I'd be like, okay, so what was he like? Do you know, what color hair do he have? Like, what was his eyes like? What, what color was he wearing? Like, you know, and she'd be like, um, She'd be like, oh, I don't know. She'd be like, I think his hair might have been brown. I think he had a moustache. I'd be like, what? You know, but if it was like a number on his jumper, she'd remember the number or she'd kind of remember the shape of the road they were sitting out having a drink or, you know, um, where other people might only remember the colours and kind of remember the way he like twiddled his fingers or something. Um, so it was funny that I think we kind of all view the world in a different kind of preset and like, you know, I'll never know the way you see the colour red. Um, but I think that's the natural gift, I think, that people kind of cling to that, you know, when you get a kid that can draw and they say, oh, well, they're very gifted and they are, but they're able to kind of see contours and it's the natural way they look at something, you know, the way their eye scans something. And I think with different techniques and um, particularly drawing techniques and things like that, you can start to build that up in another person. It's just opening up that way of seeing. It's like when people say to me that like I always do work with um organic objects at the start to kind of get them do a lot of contour drawing just to kind of build up that skill, you know, getting your hand and your eye to work together. And then they would say maybe, oh God, you kind of start noticing all the outlines of everything, the patterns in the pavement or in different pieces of fruit. And I think it's just kind of exercising stuff like that in people. And I do I do think you can be naturally gifted, but I, I do think you can kind of train people into kind of a way of working and, and, then, and then they kind of flourish and they go off on their own and they can start to paint. But um yeah, I, I, I think that I think that's the way I would view things. It's like John Berger would say, I don't know what the, I'm gonna say this quote wrong, but it's like everybody can see, but not never not everyone knows how to look at things. Do you know, we yeah, all see I the same thing. I, I'd actually forgotten he'd said that and I'm so happy you said it because like I was just going to say there's been a few times like say if I was doing like portrait workshops and you know sometimes when someone's doing a portrait like you know maybe they don't do portrait that, portraiture that often or it's their first time doing it and like they draw say the eyes the exact same shape and it is just a case yeah. of just take a second and just really look ahead like because you'll yeah. see that not, not even that it's not that shape. But like to stop worrying about having symmetry in the yeah, in the eyes, a, like a lot of the times, you know, when you're drawing, you you kind of your brain knows what it should look like, so it starts to stop looking at what is actually there and start, yeah. you know, going, oh, it should probably look a bit more like this. So that I think definitely people are gifted, but I think you can definitely open up the world. Like, would you think, or do you just think people are just naturally gifted? And like, can oh, no, I, I mean, them? I think you can definitely teach either either 
people can teach other people or people can teach themselves. I definitely think so. Like, it's a skill, like, do you know, it's not sort of, I don't know. In the gene. Witchcraft, like, you know, or, yeah, yeah, do you know, like, I mean. um, That's actually a really, you know, you said people teach other people. And I find the great thing actually about art classes like that, and even with kids, um, you know, sometimes other you know the person that you always sit beside can go actually do you know why don't you try it that way like you know because everyone's observing everyone so like you know everyone's kind of co-learners and when they're doing something i think that really helps people learn and see things in a different light yeah like because even say um i don't know it's probably the kind of thing of like you know like it's you, it's lovely watching people like make or paint something like and even when I was like doing those classes in the Dunamis, like just even watching people working with the paint, it was just really nice just seeing them. And it was kind of like, yeah. I really want to try that. But I'm not stealing it. I just want to try it to yeah. see what's like, you know. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah. That's why I actually, I, like, I still, um, I still teach the classes, like, because it's it's a great source of income for myself, and and particularly like um in 2019 when I was able to hire someone, it just started to kind of run like a really. Um, efficient system and it was really brilliant and I was getting to do loads of artwork so I I was really lucky like I'm very grateful that like you know people still come to me and that like uh, I still get lots of opportunities to do different things because it makes making art like exciting because I don't know about you but sometimes it can be a bit of a lonely existence you know kind of being on your own um in the studio and we talk about this like you know I talk about this with a few of my artist friends that like in the lockdown you know kind of a lot of the creative people that I know are quite resilient because they're just so used to kind of being on your own and not kind of knowing what's happening next you know yeah definitely like, it can be a kind of a lonely lonely enough occupation like cause, i mean like i think for like i was only a few months like so i couldn't afford the rent and travel but for a couple of months after the masters i had a studio it was a shared studio in dublin and there was three of us in it but even at that like you know we'd only say hello to each other to be a bit of chatter in the morning and then once we're going to our stuff we didn't talk so even with other people around you you weren't really interacting with each other so it's just yeah because it's it, that's like the same for me and when I'm in the art house like I I kind of work later and you'd be like passing ships with people and there's some people that have been there and have done the residency and gone and I've never met like it, it's it's gas it's funny but I, I think they're doing um a great work with the artist collective there that like you know they're creating a lovely community for people to connect, you know, and and, and get together. She's like, Pat, like, I know you, but I barely see you. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> it, like, yeah. Unless it's at an exhibition or something or, do you know, so, uh, yeah, it is, it's funny. And did you enjoy the the shared studio? How did you find that? Yeah, it was it was grand. Like, I mean, the, the two people I was sharing with were sound out, like, you know. Um, no, like that again, I, I never, I, I kind of lost contact with them once I moved out, like, but... Mm. It was grand, like you know. My my only problem was with where it was. It was so easy to get distracted. I'd say I spent more time in the Hugh Lane, just oh, okay, yeah, than actually doing any art myself. I was just like maybe spending an entire day nearly in each room, just taking in what was in there, like you know. So that was the only real downside to yeah. it. Like was that it's still a great way to to waste time? I think. Yeah, exactly. You know. So, but other than that, it was like the studio itself was grand, and everyone that worked in it, like, were dead sound. Like you know. So and it's nice to have the energy of other people, do you know. Yeah, it's definitely. Nice to know that like you can hear people working because that that I think that fuels creativity too. Yeah, like, and I think after the undergrad and the masters after GMIT and NCAD, I just there was a couple of months there after where I was just like I miss just having other artists around, just having that bit of a buzz, like you know. Yeah, you really are in a bubble, like you know, and it's yeah, 
you know and you kind of take for granted as well like you know that bubble again when you kind of come out it's a uh, very it's funny when you kind of come out i think as well it's uh it's it's interesting seeing how other people view art yeah definitely um yeah i don't know like i mean i think i hope it's fairly kind of respected but i always feel like you'll have some people that kind of just feel like well it's like it's just drawing a picture like you can do you know yeah. throw one of them they're not bothered you know like and yeah I think kind, of, kind of I, yeah it's it's kind of going back to that thing though it's it's how much you're exposed like i was never brought to art galleries when i was a child like it wasn't no, same as it wasn't a day like out and and like you know if we were on holidays maybe somewhere we'd go in and stuff but um like my parents were i suppose artistic in different ways like they both loved music and things like that but yeah it really is it's it's kind of what they see what you kind of start off with is what you kind of get exposed to into school i guess really and um i think that i think it's getting better and you know there's lots of different programs where they're you know bringing in performance artists and video artists so you know kids are becoming and teenagers becoming more relatable to you know art again isn't just a portrait or or a landscape or just a drawing and i think instagram and, and things like that and youtube definitely have a massive effect that they become more um in tune with what's going on because even when i go to schools and i'm like i have to ask them like do, do you know who this is or do you know because like do you know i don't know loads of different kind of you know musicians or, or dancers you know because i don't seek it out but um, I think yeah. yeah, social media definitely has a big part to play because it it kind of it exposes a lot of different things to people all at once. Yeah, that's true. Like you know, like Instagram especially because all you have to do is like put in the hashtag and art yeah. or just whatever medium you're after, and like there's no shortage of stuff like for you to to see. Yeah, and then it's 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 that thing of like you know sometimes artists can't even tell you what art is. You know, like how do you define yeah. art? Like that's such a big question and. I always remember I had a great conversation with them. Um, you can never underestimate what people know or don't know or, or, or assume or perceive. Um, I was doing, uh, actually getting ready for one of the exhibitions um, in Mount Melick and I was in the one of my classes in Dunamaze and there was this lovely electrician and he was kind of listening into the class and he was doing his bits. And at the end, he was like talking about, I was getting them ready to do some portraiture work. And he was like, oh, that's really interesting. Like, And he was just so insightful. He like hit the nail on the head where he was like, you know, like, when you go to draw a picture of yourself like there's so many questions to answer like how you want to be seen how you want others to see you like it's really permanent the way then others will think that's how you see yourself and you know what way do you want the world to view you like you know and it's uh yeah we had the most amazing conversation about like and kind of like how you see yourself and stuff and yeah so it's interesting like you know it's it's definitely easier for people to connect to different topics of art and art i think is more reachable attainable and you can you know learn a lot more about it now than maybe 10 years ago yeah like because to be fair like before i went to college or uh, well no Probably 20 years before very passionate i'm thinking i'm way younger than i am <laughs> <laughs> no, i was gonna say though like before like because same as yourself like before abelix i would never have gone to an art gallery like do you know because yeah no it was just things out of books really and like yeah and I, I always try to be really conscious even with the kids that like I don't just say words and assume they know like you know what is an exhibition yeah. like you know you know what is curating an exhibition and what's a gallery and do you know and like I always love I love playing this game with the kids in in um, 
in the in the gallery and um, if we're in the Dun Amazing I get them to go be art critics and I'm like let's rate the artwork like is it good do you know and, and letting them know that like it doesn't have to be right or wrong like there is no answer do you know and it, it's great like they're they make excellent art critics yeah and we're so honest about it as well like. that's the thing there's no there's nothing spared like they're brilliant but actually it'd be great to get them to set up a little art we should get them to set up a little art critic page for them yeah <laughs> um just there in terms of just what you're saying like as well about um you're not undermining the children and stuff like did you ever find it hard when you're doing a workshop and you're setting up on that like you're not giving them sim- something sorry that's too easy and simple for them to work on but at the same time it's not so difficult that it turns them off it like that's to try and get that balance like yeah that's a really good question a lot of it would have been i would have to test things a lot um and particularly because like you don't want to like i want them to learn different techniques um but because i have mixed group um in my in my workshops like mixed ages um i have to be fair to everybody um you don't want it to be too like you don't want to be too simple you don't want to be too hard so a lot of that was a a trial and error and a lot of the time is when i create a a plan or a lesson um for one of my classes there's almost almost sorry (laughs) that's the tiredness kicking in patch there's almost almost (laughs) I would almost have maybe <laughs> five different options that like if it's if they're completing it too quickly there's another element to add if they want to know more maybe if they're struggling with this and um, the only things I guess I would really find is I would have yeah I would just have different options for them and the way I would run my class which is why it's so hard to do over um zoom or online is a lot of the stuff they would do be would be fairly individual but that I would have like an art table with all the supplies and if they wanted to add something new they could but like if I didn't tell them to add crepe paper or you know could they change a, use a bigger brush and um, so just kind of really that they could follow their own creative instinct and um, but the only thing I do find a kind of regular which I don't know is it related to anything in um you know kind of growing up as a kid now is a lot of the time it's changed the way I have to do print. Sometimes the patient is patience isn't there to um to do like a big print piece, whether it's like scoring something or kind of what you know layering it up. And um, so I've kind of adapted that a few bits and paperwork. Sometimes it's it's very different. Like you, I say that as a generalization, but sometimes I can have a group that absolutely wants to eat up origami stuff, and other times they like hate it you know they don't like the folding of it or you know it's too hard but I always make sure I do have a balance because it's it's important to show them that not everything has to be you know really quick and really easy that you know that they can persevere through and it it works and actually paper making is a really good one for that because it's messy and there's loads of different elements to it and which is definitely it's always a constant challenge kind of like that you know making sure that like you know I let them use acrylics and things like that and um we do kind of silk fiber making and um yeah like I try and I try and give them as much as I can like and I only always have an hour with them unless it's a summer camp and um, so I have to be mindful of that as well but um yeah I try and do as best I can and I kind of think back as well if I'm ever stuck I kind of go god like what would I look like to done like to do there's the grammar again and um, <laughs> that like you know you know that I get the kind of cool you know the the proper crayons or like the you know the really good markers or do you know, and sometimes I find something online that I've never used before and I tell them and we're going to like explore it together, do you know. Um, but yeah, I try and give them as much as I can. Yeah. Because like, um, 
it's always just something I've, I've been kind of conscious of like is just i'd be terrified that like not even just from say um the kind of standpoint of like oh i've done too quick but it's just like that the just think I was saying they weren't able for what I wanted them to do, you know, like in terms of like say a portrait or something like, you know, mm-hmm. whatever it is, I just always be afraid that it'd be something that'd be too easy or just that, you know, the name. And then like, even with the adults, I do be afraid that like, I sound patronizing when I'm talking to them. I, yeah. Cause you know, oh, no. cause yeah. like that, they're well able to work themselves and they know, yeah. you know, they're well able to paint like, but it's just, or whatever you're working yeah, with them on. Yeah, most of the but, time, like, um, I wouldn't, I, I don't really, ch- I wouldn't change the way I talk between the adults and the kids. I, I try not to. Um, yeah. But like, uh, I try and work from the idea that like, I explain to the kids that this is a studio and that like, we talk a lot about it. So like, they'll say to me, this is too hard or I don't like this or this is too easy or I'm not enjoying this. And then we will change it. You know, it's kind of to be really ready and open and flexible and not to be too precious of what I've prepared with. Um. And you also get to know the kids that are kind of coming to you and the adults and you can kind of gauge what they would be interested in. And, and like a lot of the times I sometimes will give them a free class and say, OK, well, name something. What's one thing that you want to do? Or if they all say like, um, oh, we all want to learn how to paint animals, but like on a proper canvas. I'm like, OK, so then the next week we'll do like a proper canvas painting, you know. But I remember one time I had a group and we came in and we kind of had everyone to kind of finish their project really quickly um, just kind of was kind of nearing the end and one of them was saying that they do could we do a paper wedding and I was like okay and they're like no but like an like a like a human size one and I was like okay deadly amazing and but then to make sure that you know everyone is comfortable with that in the class and yeah it was it was so fun they completely led the class and I was just there to facilitate like if you know how to cut how to put this together how do we get it to stand and they did an entire wedding party and we brought it downstairs and it was gas it was brilliant so fun. <laughs> it was great because it was just so fueled by them so sometimes i will like let them um you know what what do they want to learn um i let them um, decide yeah and kind of give input and i can try and do my best for whatever is possible you know yeah oh, that's class but just even the fact that you know they're confident enough or happy enough just to take charge and say is it, is it okay if we do this yeah. and then they're happy to walk away that's great that's all it is yeah well a lot I must say a lot of them have been kind of with me for a really long time that's another thing you know and and the kind of beauty as well with having different ages and um, a lot of the kids are great for kind of including everyone and um, yeah you know and, and I try and do like little bits of project work and they kind of worked on animations before and then actually thankfully to the Dunamaze Mick was great and they got to you know, he got he put them up on the big screen for them, so they got to see their 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 animations up on the cinema screen. So Deadly. You know, it's, it's it's fun, like you know, yeah. So, um, yeah, I'd love to have my own building and just have loads of artists come in and do loads of different bits. It'd be great. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I think it's a dream we all have as well, isn't it? Like, and like just copyright all this stuff. But... <laughs> yeah, <laughs> someday, 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 yeah. Um. So I just have one other question for you then, Go Caroline, on. and that is where can people find you online? Yes. Yeah, so like I said before, currently I don't have anything with my art practice up at the moment, but it's coming. Um, but you can find um, anything to do with my art classes on Facebook and Instagram. And that's at, at Art Classes with Caroline. And all our information is also up on my website, which is www.artclasseswithcarolinekeen.com dot ie and if you keep an eye out there you'll see links as well to my artwork soon hopefully in the future when we can get this uh, second website finished deadly 
Well, thanks a million for taking the time to chat with me, Caroline. And uh, yeah, I'll get you back on at some stage again, like, and, and yeah, hopefully, brilliant. hopefully so we'll be back at exhibit. Oh yeah, no, you're grand. I was going to say hopefully we'll be back at exhibitions and stuff soon, like meeting up and having the crack league because kind of yes, hopefully we'll be physically able to see each other sooner rather than later and getting to partake in exhibitions and even festivals or you know even workshops. Gosh, that would be just like such a treat. Um, yeah, at the moment. But yeah, no, thanks for uh, for having me on. It's absolutely brilliant. It's been a pleasure and uh, best of luck. And I hope uh, it goes really well for you. Deadly. Thanks a million, Caroline. Thanks. So that was Caroline Keane. I just want to say a huge thanks to Caroline for taking the time to chat with me on the podcast. Make sure and check out her social media and her website regarding the workshops, just to see some really cool ideas that she's come up with for the workshops and just to be able to stay up to date with maybe any future workshops that are coming up when all the lockdowns end and all that crack. Um, and I, like I said at the start, I'll give her a shout out when uh, she has her studio practice uh, website up and running as well. So thanks again to Caroline for that. Uh, if you want to follow the podcast on social media, it's at Bit of Gallery on Twitter and Facebook. And yeah, you can find it on Spotify, uh, App, Apple Podcasts and Acast. And if you want to leave a review or subscribe or follow or whatever way it works on whatever platform you listen to it on, that'd be class as well. So I'll be back next week and thanks for listening. Mm-hmm.